Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And if you're into your turf and your lawns and your, and your soil, uh, we've got it all here for you. We'll be joining... A number of people heavily involved in the industry, from machinery, from laying, from mulching. Um, I've been here for two and a half odd hours, and I've been getting around the stalls. It's really quite fascinating. Um, you just sort of think you throw some seed on a bit of dirt and then mow it when it's grown, and happy days. But um, these guys are the absolute uh, peak of this industry, so we will catch up with a number of them through the show. Now, when we were setting up the show, I thought, oh, well, midday manners will be easy. We'll do rugby. Uh, Razor Robertson, but on this other news, the other Robertson, Zane, um, testing positive for EPO. So uh, we do have Nikki Nicole. She's the New Zealand Olympic Committee CEO. She'll be joining us at 12.25, just about the process that's gone on and where to from here. So we will do that. So we've had to juggle the show around. But uh, I do want to start off talking about the Razor Robertson situation. And to do that, uh, a very well-respected rugby voice and a farmer, Palmy boys, old boy, Hamish Mackay. I think he's there now. Moshi, welcome in. Seth, how are you, fella? Yeah, nah, nah. Good to be with you. Um, the Razor Robertson thing, it had an air of inevitability about it, but it's been an absolute circus since that test match in um, South Africa that sounds like it's saved... Ian Foster's lifeline for then, but not for much, too much longer. The process. What have you made of the process? Oh, look, it has been. as diabolical a fair enough word to use. I mean, you made a decision before that test match in South Africa. Um, guys went out there that day, and the players changed the course of the history, didn't they, by, by, yeah. by hanging in there and getting that win. But, you know, it's just... And then... It, you know, when it hit to the, the first time, I think I saw Joe Wheeler having that interview with Razor, which was the first time that Razor sort of came out and said, "Look, got the job, stand by for an announcement." And then they had to, then they had to sort of prolong things a bit because of that. But it's just been—I I don't know. My feeling now is it's been so drawn out and so diabolical, and it goes right back to the previous, you know, how we ended up in the situation in the first place, which is sort of post 2019 when they sent those letters to 25 potential coaches. And so we had, we've had we had a really sort of sticky situation ever since then. So all I can think about now is, Razor, you're the coach in 2024. Probably you've got a big job in front of you. And man, can you leave some egg on a few faces if you get it right. Mm. And it's interesting, in the press conference yesterday, and it'll carry on today and into the future, when they were asking New Zealand rugby about their process and were they happy with it because the public certainly hasn't and they're quite dismissive of the public having a permission just saying oh yeah look they're passionate aren't they and that's that's what we love that they're passionate and it's almost quite dismissive of the public opinion look behind the scenes i hear, I, I i understand one or two that i you know older all back so i'm lucky enough to have about to have a conversation with tell me that Mark Robinson is does get rugby and does understand everything, but that's just you know that's just that's just you know that's sort of like the um, 
you know, the lobbyists working, you know, the PR spin, the, just ridiculous. And that's almost to me like saying, oh, dumb old fans, you know, <laughs> well, bugger off, because without us, you ain't got nothing, you know. Um, I, 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 I'm quite sort of filthy with that. Just, you know, why not just come out and say, we completely cocked this up, um, and, and, but here's, here's the scenario now. Um, and and, and as, as I say, how many people sit there in the ends of our office now and go, geez, I hope Fozzie doesn't win this thing because, you know, <laughs> it, we look pretty stupid. Um, but, of course, everybody wants news. He, he'll, he'll finish on a high. A world, he could finish on a high as a World Cup winner, coach, and um, be gone. So it is, yeah, just admit it. Cop it on the chin, and I think a lot of people would move on really quickly. Yeah, and even in that press conference, they were talking about um, the process and uh, Jamie Joseph and was there anyone else, and they just say, we're not going to talk about that. They need to talk about it. They, they, they just continually yeah. leave us, uh, both the media and the general public. And remember, that, as you well know, the media are the conduit for the public. We get to ask the questions, yeah. and they just they won't answer it. Yeah. No, and, 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 you know, like, why not? why not talk about who else, you know, surely given that he got a team to within one point of Ireland, I think, and two points of France, and and then lost, his B team lost to Italy, um, who turned out to be OK, um, and he beat South Africa, beat the got robbed against it. Why not, you know, why not mention Dave Reddy? Um, why not mention some of the other guys that must have been in contention? Where does Joe Smith now sit in this whole scenario? You know, two, two, two excellent coaches. Um, yeah, um, Hey, it's, uh, it, it, I just hope now that it can just be parked, although I don't think that the media should retract from poking the bear a bit because the bear ain't, you know, ain't giving us what we, what we need to hear. You know, how did, who, was, who sort of backtracked in South Africa last year um, and, and it sort of led to this anyway? So, yeah, bit of water to go under the bridge, but I kind of hope that we focus now on uh, the, the, the two or three sort of, um, green roots that are uh, emerging in terms of players um, a- a- as you need to have happen in a World Cup year and, and then focus on a World Cup and put 24, uh, 2024 to bed for now. Yeah. It's, are you happy with the decision? Right man got the job? Um, I would have... Look, I, I, going forward, if, if this was the decision that Ian Foster was gone as all-black coach then I would have been happy with Razor Robertson. A lot of pressure on him, though, because watch how quickly he will turn if it's not, you know, if it's not, if he doesn't start getting the results immediately. Mm-hmm. And I still have real concerns about where we're at with our, our depth in, in certain positions, that it won't be an easy fix. I don't know why some people just think he'd just be like a, a pill you can pop and suddenly you'll be well again. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, you know, and, and I like I like Jamie with Tony Brown because we know that Jamie struggled at the Highlands and then brought Tony Brown on, and then they became a really good combination and have gone on to do other things. I still think Dave Rennie is one of the best coaches in rugby going around, and the Wallabies have made a, a, a huge mistake there. Now, but hey, that's their problem. It'll come back to fry them, I think. And uh, yeah, and I and, and I just can't see Joe Smith obviously wanted to be sort of involved on a limited basis, and that's a personal decision. Um, but, I, you know, I'd love to have seen Joe involved there too. But uh, clearly he and Razor don't sort of, sort of don't sing from the same song sheet. So that won't happen. But, yeah, um, I, I mean, you got to love Razor, but I just I can't get over how people think that, that success in Super Rugby has any correlation to Test Rugby. It has none. 
in my opinion. So many times we've seen years where uh, perhaps one country in the old days dominated the tri nation, uh, dominated Super Rugby, but not the tri nations, you know, and that clearly illustrated it. So, and, and everything we put in place 20 years ago, the Northern Hemisphere cottoned on to. So, yeah, she, she's, she's a pretty, you know, it, it won't be easy for them. Uh, the spotlight will be right on them. Brilliant, Hamish. Really appreciate your time today, and, and I'm with you. Let's let's just try and park it. I don't think we will, and um, rally yeah. behind the All Blacks and Ian Foster, and um, we can worry about Razor this time next year. Exactly. Spot on, Seth. Cheers. Good man, Hamish Mackay there. Um, good voice, good reason. Um, I really want to hear from you. Uh, we might actually take a break now so we can fit some calls and uh, your responses Love hearing all of your opinions out there about, you know, it's the process that really irks me and the reluctance from New Zealand rugby to potentially say they could have done things better. I think I've heard Mark Robinson say that about that one weird press conference he did from a hotel room in South Africa. That's about the only thing they've said they could do better. But um, I reiterate, he did tell me last Thursday in the car park at SENZ in Auckland, that he would come on the show for an hour two weeks after the All Blacks have been named. So two weeks from now, let's see if that happens. 0800 Love to hear from you before we talk about this um, EPO test for Zane Robertson. We'll take a break. We'll come back after that. Give us a yell. Ethan Blackadders, Leicester Fire News. You know, guys like that, he has an incredible ability to actually tap talent and make them into better players. And that's what I'm excited about. His biggest challenge is going to be replacing, you know, three or four legends, you know, the likes of Retallick, Sam Whitelock, my God, who just gets better, better with age. And, of course, the likes of Aaron Smith. But I'm actually confident, I'm quite actually confident he's actually got that ability. And he's also, if you think about it, he was involved with the under-20s about seven years ago. So I reckon he'll have a good handle on what's coming through. Sure, there are some areas of our game that are going to be very tricky to replace. You know, those obviously those two locks, halfback, first five. But I just think he's the perfect guy to step into the frame. Yeah, I think the time's right as well. I do think the time's right. Steve, we've got to move on. Appreciate your call, buddy. Um, let's go and have a quick chat to Mikey from Christchurch. Nice and warm in Christchurch today. Mikey, how are you doing? <laughs> You chose the right day, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hoping to come over and say good day to you, but I think it's a an event, and I, and, I, and I usually work outside, and I saw this weather, and I was like, nah, that's not happening today. So never mind, another time. Um, yes, yeah, good points, Steve. Um, eight years without a title, and we had Kieran Reed, Dan Carter, Richard McCaw, and a number of other greats. Um, so to me, it proves that a race can bring people together, um, there's another point about the whole like international experience, and I think there's a there's a wee misnomer because we don't expect our all uh, well, our future All Blacks to go play overseas to pick them as All Blacks, do we? No. So the once you become All Blacks, they play under a separate rugby coaches, do they not? Under the, under our systems. Yep. So you know, I don't think you have to have uh, international experience. That's just something that's I can't I, I think kind of recent. I guess look, I know you know you're in a hurry, so I'll just say let's leave Fozzie to try and win the World Cup. And he's yep. just leave Razor to win the Super Rugby Comp. Okay. Tick, tick. Good stuff, Mikey. <laughs> Thanks, Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Um, there he is, Mikey. 
Uh, we'll get back to that. Um, but the the breaking news this morning is that New Zealand athlete Zane Robertson has tested positive for EPO. Um, he is, of course, the New Zealand record holder for the half and full marathon. He won a bronze medal at the 2014 5,000 metres at the Commonwealth Games. So it's. Uh, I was amazed when I read the story of the New Zealand athletes um, being stung for this. But uh, gratefully, uh, gratefully, we have the head of the New Zealand Olympic Committee, Nikki Nicole, joins us. G'day, Nikki. Kira, Mark, how are you? Oh, I'm good. You must be, gosh, disappointed to say the least. Uh, correct. Deeply disappointed and, and, yeah, just actually very saddened when we heard the news. Mm. Uh, reading the report, um, it says that the the event was in May last year at the Manchester Great Race um, uh, event. Uh, he was provisionally suspended in September last year and he asked for his B sample to be tested. That also tested positive. How many agencies are involved in compiling this, I guess, evidence for want of a better word? Yeah, in New Zealand, drug-free sport New Zealand take the lead and so certainly acknowledge um, Nick Patterson and his team for what they've done and, and certainly from our perspective, um, you know, it's a really important partnership because, you know, for, from our perspective, the games are just important that they've got integrity um, in all manners and obviously um, clean athletes is part of that. So acknowledge the work by Drug-Free Sport New Zealand and, you know, for us, um, you know, this is against everything we stand for as an organisation. So um, you know, we acknowledge the ban that has been put in place. Um, um, Zane initially said he went to a Kenyan medical facility wanting a COVID vaccine. Instead, he was treated for COVID with EPO. Um, it's a pretty amazing drug if it can fix COVID. That's something that Donald Trump would have liked to have heard about, I'm sure. Uh, but he also got two doctors and a witness stating this is actually what happened. Um, <laughs> And the thing was, he, he got a four-year ban for testing positive and a four-year ban for tampering with samples. How did he tamper with samples? Yeah, those questions certainly have to be directed back to Drug Free Sport because they have led the process. Um, certainly from our perspective, um, you know, the eight-year ban, four years for the um, doping offence and four years for the falsifying of statements is... Um, what's been handed down and so we will respect that and, and clearly he's not part of our program and hasn't been since um, Tokyo. Yeah I wanted to know what sort of um, relationship you had with, with Zane because he's he's been over in Kenya with his brother for many many years so was there still a link between you and those athletes that are not only Zane but the ones that are permanently based offshore? Um if you think about the Commonwealth and Olympic Games cycle, that's when we certainly work really closely with the athletes and the national sporting organisations. So um, if you go back for us, um, two Olympics and a Commonwealth Games, as you said, so that's been our relationship with Zane through those campaigns and, and work really closely and certainly had you know, nothing that would um, you know, prepare us for what we heard yesterday and today announced. Um, athletics New Zealand, um, you know, have the key relationship with the athletes. Obviously, we, we support all the national sporting organisations to come together at team time under the New Zealand team and, and certainly that's where the, the main relationship does sit. Um, he obviously withdrew his defence, he decided he wouldn't fight it anymore, so is it your understanding he's now fully accepted this ban? Again, final um, decision will be through him and with Drug Free Sport and the Sport Tribunal, um, mm. but that is my understanding and, and I think what's critically important is we do know that Athletics New Zealand and High Performance Sport New Zealand have also 
reached out and are providing quite a lot of support for Zane as well, just because his personal well-being is still important, irrespective of the occurrence. Mm, yeah, I wanted to bring that up to say, you know, what happens to him now? Um, I, I think he, he's a permanent resident in Kenya. Did, can you can you throw any light on, on what Zane Robertson does now? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably time for him to reflect on that. But I know um, through the sector that we are making sure that he, he does have that right level of support with him at this time because it is quite a vulnerable time for him and, you know, making sure he's got that support is really important. Yeah, and we never know the full story behind all of these things, do we? Which um, which will probably come out in the fullness of the time. I don't know if he he will ever speak to it, but and and I guess to round it out, Nikki is um, while it's incredibly disappointing for us here in New Zealand that a New Zealand athlete's been caught doing this, it does show that the testing works. It does show that drug-free sport um, won't hide behind um, positive tests, and it does bring a level of credibility to the programs that you've got in place to to. Um, I was going to say minimise, but to stop this um, performance-enhancing drugs coming into uh, our Olympic athletes and all sports in New Zealand. You're absolutely right, and and um, that's how we hold it as well. So you know, while these are quite rare occurrences, I think it's been 14 years since um, the last incident. So you know, a significant amount of time, you know, hundreds of athletes that have helped. Um, enhance the manner of the New Zealand team and, and the black jersey or singlet or um, some suit or, or whatever the um, costume of choice is for one of our athletes. But it does mean that actually the system is working and it does mean that um, you know we still have to remain vigilant all the time and so you know we're never complacent and certainly with the sector and drug-free sport you know that's an important part of education first and then compliance and monitoring and as you say um, it does mean that there is credibility in the system when you know, we do find things. And, and again, I think drug-free sport has acted quickly, swiftly and fairly through this process. And lastly, we're talking to New Zealand Olympic Committee CEO Nikki Nicole. Um, the, the education for our athletes, I know it's there. Um, I was actually involved in setting something like this up with the Olympic Committee many years ago. Um, so the <laughs> education, you're, you're happy with um, the education programs you're providing for the athletes as far as awareness. Um, this, will, this will ramp up uh, the radar of the athletes, I'm sure, when this spreads through our um, Olympic and Commonwealth Games athletes, but all sports people in New Zealand. Is it something you need to address, or are you happy that it's that it, the message is out there and they should know? I'm really comfortable and confident that the message is out there, but like everything, you always just keep reviewing and looking for opportunities to keep enhancing it. I mean, it's not something we do alone either, so I think we have to really um, recognise the whole sector, so all the national sporting organisations, um, drug-free sport, high-performance sport New Zealand, you know, we are all in this together because you know, integrity of sport is something that we hold really highly and as a country, you know, we have a fantastic reputation internationally. So, you know, that's something that I think is something we want to hold on to and we'll continue to invest. But as I say, really confident in the programs that we've got and, you know, we'll continue to review and, you know, look for ways to make them better as needed. Brilliant, Nikki. I appreciate you front-footing it and offering yourself to, to talk to us today. I'm used to administrators running away, so uh, I, I'm pleased you ran towards <laughs> us instead of away from us. Um, that's good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Thanks for joining us. Okay, no, thanks for your time. Okay, take care. Cheers, Nikki Nicole. There she is, the CEO of New Zealand Olympic Committee. Um, my, oh my, I just can't, I can believe because it's happened, but a New Zealand athlete... It's tested positive for EPO Zane Robertson, uh, very decorated 
track uh, track athlete. Um, Zane's been holding for a while, so I'll, I'll take Zane's call before we go to the news, uh, Finn. Um, if you can get that green light to turn grey, then I'll know he's ready to talk to us. Or unless you can hear me. Oh, there he is. G'day, Zane. Have I got you, Zane? Can you hear me? Yeah, I've got you now. Yeah, mate. My, my namesake, mate. What a muppet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Absolute. He's polluted all, all, all the Zanes. Yeah. I tell you, mate. How do you not think you're going to get caught anyway? Hey, um, quickly on the whole Razor thing, right? I'm not unhappy he's the coach. I probably would have rather had Dave Randy because of his you know, World Cup experience and like. But I'm kind of with you, like the whole process. You'd have to imagine that Foster was told last year at some mm-hmm. point, you know, a long time ago, it wasn't he wasn't continuing, right? But what happened between the point where he was given the go-ahead mid-season when he was underperforming, then started performing, and then they decided he wasn't going to be retained from an, like an employment contract perspective, that must be extremely messy, mm. is one point. And my second point is, like, who is the, you know, Mark Robinson and the board accountable to who you know who elects him because to me this is completely mismanaged i mean the whole situation but just the way new zealand rugby has been run at the moment and if that was a company i can't see how they're not under review and highly likely to to be replaced but it seems like in new zealand rugby they're kind of accountable to the unions who they you know no one wants and the unions wants to offend them because then all the backlash that might come back on them if they don't support them, similar to our guy Bill Bowman or whatever it is for World Rugby. So that's my my biggest area of worry. Uh, who are these board members and Mark Robinson accountable and how do we <laughs> get someone in there who can actually run this show? Yeah, my understanding it is it is the the unions, the twenty what is it, twenty seven, I think, twenty six, twenty seven rugby unions. They are the stakeholders. That's how New Zealand rugby was set up. Um, they are the ones that vote. Um, so I'll be very interested to see what but, happens. But when the do next they meet next? To, you know, yeah, how I do you initiate know. like this review, mate? Because it's just it's, I don't know who's worse than New Zealand cricket. Anyway, go go um, Foster. I hope he wins the cup, and I hope Razor does well. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Zane. Thanks, buddy. Uh, You're welcome to call us 0800 150 The lines are open. We'll take new sport and weather. I'd love to hear on either of these topics, uh, the Razor Robertson. It's more the process that's disappointed me over the last six to nine months, I guess. Um, But if you'd like to have a comment on Zane Robertson testing positive, um, terrible, terrible news, really. Terrible but good, because as I said, it shows that the system works in catching uh, the drug cheats, and he's forever going to be labelled a drug cheat, which I would hate to think how that would affect me if that if that happened. And um, I'm pleased to hear they've got support around him as well, because he will be feeling terrible, absolutely terrible. We'll take news, we'll come back. Give us a yell, 0800 150 811. Potentially three super rugby teams going to be looking for head coaches if that's still the, the team he's going to put together. But that's by the by, I guess. There's a bit of water to go under the bridge yet. But let's go across to Brisbane and talk to Brent. G'day, Brent. Hey, staff. How are you? Good, thank you, buddy. Hey, a couple, I've been meaning to talk to you about the Peter Bo- oh, about the drug testing on the Peter Bowl, the Aussie athlete who, whose A was positive and the B was negative. But I waited but until this happened quite interesting to talk about but also just first on Fozzie and Razor is that okay yep so I've said all along I've said this all along that after the second test in South Africa 
when we got beaten well on the first test and we were playing at Ellis Park in the second test that Mark Robertson, CEO, came out on the Saturday and said there's going to be a huge announcement on Sunday after the test, right? Now, we were expected to lose that test after how we, how we played in the first test. And then somehow, I don't know how, we won and the players rallied around um, Foster and so did Smith. And Mark Robinson was set to announce Razor as coach effective after that tour immediately. And some of that stuff had been leaked out to some New Zealand media, I know. Uh, and all of a sudden, New Zealand rugby, again, with egg on their face, had to put that on ice until now. And hence, Razor had said and put a little bit of pressure on him and said, you need to make an announcement. You promised me the job. So this huge mismanagement by New Zealand rugby and something needs to happen at the top. Mm-hmm. All right, that's my take on that, all right? Yep. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm with you. I just... Uh, I don't know whether Ian Foster had KPIs in his contract and that um, win in South Africa meant he'd met met them, whether there was a certain number of games yet to win overseas and that one got him across the line and he's gone to them with a contract and say, mate, you can't get rid of me uh, or you're going to have to pay me out in complete, uh, you know, completely and it'll be a huge bill. Um, and so I feel like Fozzie had them over a barrel contractually as an employee because that could be the only reason. But that's a bit my speculation. Yeah. And now, can I talk about Dane Robertson? Yep. Okay, so I follow the doping and the water quite a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how we talk about positive and negative tests. It's actually an ATF, right, is the atypical finding, right? So that's when the first one is irregular or unusual, and that has to come from a, a WADA-accredited lab, right? And that means that the it needs further investigation, right? Because there's like biomarkers in the tests that they use, right? And it's come up with something irregular, right? And then when it, the second test comes up positive, right? How we, how you and I talk about it, it's actually called um, an AAF, an adverse analytical finding. So that means it's from a water lab studying that there's a presence of a prohibitive substance, right? So they're the technical terms, and we all use positive and negative, right? But like on Neil, on Zane Robertson, if you look at the case of Australian athlete Peter Bowl, right? He he tested or or talking layman terms, he tested positive to EPO, the same as what Zane has tested positive for, and you now he you know strenuous, strenuously denied using it, right? So then when the B, B sample came and got tested, it was it came back negative, right? So his name's still mud. Right, and the funny thing is, right, I know this might be different in the Zane case, I don't really know enough about it yet, but on average, the water, the urine test they do first is only 60 to 70% accurate. The water blood test is only 93% accurate, right? And it measures like seven biomarkers. They have a biological passport, these athletes, and it measures seven biomarkers, right? Um, it's, It's not that accurate, but I know in this case, you can you can definitely protest against it or but what they're working on now this is the thing that the IOC is working on now they're working on genetic sequencing right and what will happen is when they get that right there'll be a thousand biomarkers in the testing and it'll be nearly impossible to cheat so it won't be seven there'll be a thousand 
right? Mm. And the funny thing is, with with EPO, well, that got invented what 1983, right? Doctors, you know, invented it for as a means for people with who are suffering from, you know, being who are anemic or getting chemotherapy. So it's the way to increase the red blood cells, right? Well, before that, before 83, they used to do blood doping, right? Which is like you look at um, 1972, 1976, when Lassie Verne won two gold medals in the 5,000 and 10,000, didn't race much between 72 and 76 and won the 5,000 and 10,000 double at Montreal in 76, you know? Poor old Dick Quacks and Rod Dixon, Dick Quacks got the silver, right? And so they missed out. But, you know, he's kind of like openly admitted that they used to take the blood out of the body, freeze it, and then you train and the blood would work up, work back into your body. Then they'd thaw it out, put it back in the body, then you get like an artificial EPO. Same thing, extra red blood cells. But then when EPA got invented, oh, it's so much more easier than doing blood transfusion. So, you know, this, this, um, Wider drug testing. It, looks, it sounds like that vein is pretty well close to being guilty if he's, ad, if he's admitted to actually doing it. I don't know whether he has, has or not, but it's very interesting, this water and blood doping and EPOs. Yeah, he's admitted anyway. He's admitted he was given EPO to cure him of COVID that he didn't have, which was a real roundabout way of saying, yeah, I took it, but it was on the advice of doctors to get me over COVID, which was... <coughs> I think a bit of a shot in the dark and then they got enough evidence against them and then he just dropped his defence and, and walked away from it with an eight-year ban. I would love to know, what when it comes out, how he actually tampered with it because what, from what I know, when you do the first test, right, it, you, it's a urine test and it's put in this A and B sample from the same, so you've got one big capsule and you dip it into two, it's, it's sealed, right, and it's signed off by the athlete and by the lab. So I'm not sure how it can be, unless unless somehow someone's paid money. Being in Kenya, you know, not as strict maybe as like other countries. Maybe something's happened, and somehow they've tried to tamper the second sample, and maybe he's been caught out on that. I'd love to know what they've got on him on that, because that's a huge offence, and that's that makes him even more guilty if it's happened. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, Brent. Um, appreciate your call, yeah. buddy. Thank you. See you, mate. Bye. See, see you, buddy. Bye-bye. It does say that Robertson's statements and supporting documents included falsified documents and false testimony, which amounts to a breach of Rule 2.5, which is tampering. So maybe it's not tampering with the sample, but it's tampering with evidence because you got a couple of doctors from the Kenyan clinic and a witness to say that that was what actually happened at that medical clinic. But it was... He produced hospital notes and a hospital report and the witness corroborating his claims. However, Drugs Free Sport New Zealand responded uh, to his evidence with expert evidence from Dr. Stephen Ritchie who commented on the clinical implausibility of the medical treatment allegedly received by Robertson. And when Robertson was presented with that evidence, he abandoned his defence. So there's probably more to come out on this and um, I am going to go and find the official statements and in the clinical reports and see if I can work my way through it for you and probably do that tomorrow um, <clears throat> goodness me um, poor fella you know I always think of the person first poor fella um, you don't know if he was railroaded into it by coaches or organizations or he was starting to slow down and felt the pressure I need to do that someone's just said what does EPO do it increases your red blood cell count basically which increases your performance and as Brent correctly said in the old days they used to 
get you when you're at rest and you had your normal red blood cell count. And then um, then you go and train and train, and then just before you compete, they inject it back into you, so you got not double, but a lot more red blood cells, which carries oxygen around your body, which allows you to perform better. So that's what he's done. It's been around a long time, but he's been caught. He's been caught. Welcome to give us a yell. 0800 150 811. We'll have a break. Looking forward to chatting to you after this. Before he was All Black coach announced, um, he had said that this would be his last year with the Crusaders. And I do know in the background um, last year or early this year, he started rallying troops to make sure the succession program of coaching is is maintained uh, down in the Crusaders. Um, is there a head coach as part of his assistance? He's got um, James Marshall, of course. I just, I just don't know. Um, I'm just trying to think of the natural successes there. Um, but anyway, uh, phones. Oh, a life member, Zaid. G'day, Zaid. Uh, good afternoon, Stassi. Uh, pretty happy to see Razor as the new All Blacks coach for 2024. Um, but doesn't sound too good. He might be taking Leon with them. He might be what? Sorry, taking Leon. Yeah, he could be. He might be. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm sure there'll be someone else to coach the Blues if he does. Um, well, but I was, I was thinking be... you and you and Ken could coach the Blues. You and Ken. <laughs> Um, and yeah I don't know too much about uh, running but it doesn't sound too good about old Dan Robinson uh, dashing about the old PEs the old steroids no it's not flesh at all definitely a bit of bit of of cheating going down there so yeah and clearly the old uh, urine sample wasn't too good no, um, and then the blood sample, no good either. So, yeah, he's he's yeah. cooked for eight years, and I just wonder what the young fella's yeah. going to do. I don't know. Might have, might have to go and get a job or something something different because he won't be coming back running, that's for sure. No, I don't know won't. how old he is, but that, that'd be his career over anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, he's the other side of 30 now, uh, Zaid. Yeah, well, so he was probably coming towards yeah. the end of it and maybe was just trying to get a little bit faster for the last crack <laughs> at the next Olympics or something. I'm not sure. Maybe should have tried to get some new Nike shoes or something. Maybe <laughs> get the carbon shoes out. <laughs> Talk to old uh, Elliot Kipchoge. Maybe that's it. That's it. You're on to it. All right, Zade. We've got a scoot. Good to hear Thank from you. you, buddy. Have a good All day, good. mate. We'll take our last Have break a good before. Day. Cheers, buddy. Uh, take our last break. Got some more text messages to get through before the news. Warmer and comes the rain and wind again. But it's a magnificent complex down here. So much stuff. Uh, Michael said, can uh, Razor still do breakdancing? He can. I don't know if he will. Uh, from Ken Staffy, I'm not happy with Razor or NZRU appointing him. If they had waited till after the cup, it would have turned out completely different. But I'm right behind Fozzie. If he's still there in the coming months, I think he might walk. Wow. I think he might walk. Um, and he also says that uh, Leon's off contract for the Blues. So my pick is Rennie. That's the rumour. Either way, he decided to go. Leon can't see him being in Auckland next year. I, yeah, I don't see... Because Leon's been linked with Scotland as well, hasn't he? Um, Roger says he picked to the correct margin. So it might be Roger's number that you've got there, Finn. We're, Finn's going to give uh, the winner of the sweep last week uh, picked Broncos by 22. So he's if that's you, Roger, he'll be contacting you soon, um, either during the show or after... After the show, um, last one, afternoon, Staffy. Now, this is out in the open, Razor. I really hope in the media, when both interviewed, they just ask questions about their current jobs and Razor, nothing to do, AB's related until his feet are under the desk, so to speak. 
Have you mentioned the winner of the league pick last week? <laughs> yeah, I just did. Yeah, I, if I interview Razor in the coming year, it won't be about All Blacks, it'll be about Crusaders. Um, anyway, we'll take a break. Uh, coming up for the rest of the show, we're going to have some guests who are involved in this field goes down here in Christchurch. And uh, first up will be Mark Shaw from PGG Rights and Turf. He'll be joining us after the news. And that's now with Johnny Mack.